This is episode six, Traffic in Sight. You know the gist. Good afternoon. We're flying in sports. Where we fly around nationwide talking about what's going on in the sports world. We're your hosts, Joey Polizzi. And Kostas Kukunars. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at flying in sports underscore podcast. And please listen to our previous episodes, which are on Spotify and the Anchor app. In this episode, we preview the MOB season and introduce Division One pitcher Paul Bergstrom, who will appear a little later in the show. Let's start off with the new sorting MLB format. 60 games. Do you like it? Yeah, I do like it. I mean, as long as there's a season, right? Like, you have to make sure that the MLB is back. Everyone loves baseball. Um, I think it's a good format, and I think it will it will become more of a uh, – it will become more of a, like – we'll get used to it as the season goes. Yeah, I mean, 60 games is short compared to 162, but at least there's right. baseball, so – and the way they did it, there's no bubble as the NBA, but they did it so teams don't travel across the country. So the AL East plays against the NL East, AL Central plays against the NL Central, and the AL West plays against the NL West. So they play 20 interleague games, and then they play 40 games in the division. I think this is the smartest way to contain the coronavirus, just because you're not going to have teams go from the East all the way to the West Coast. So teams are staying local, they're staying within a couple states, and I think that's a good fit. I think they did a good job with that. I agree. And I, I think they're not going to be playing in Toronto this year, right? Yeah, the Blue Jays the Blue Jays can't play there. So now they're looking at Pirates Park in Pittsburgh. So we'll see what happens there. But they got a couple of days because the Blue Jays start on Friday. So they got to figure out something before the season starts. Right, I think I saw Buffalo in the mix there. Too. Yeah, there's a couple of teams. It's going to be in the East Coast, they're saying. So I'd see what they can do there. But the interesting yep. thing to mention, the big debated thing, is the DH will now be using the AL and the NL. A couple people don't like this, but I think it's a good fit, and I think one day we'll see the DH and the NL too. Do you like the DH and the NL or no? Um, I mean, it doesn't really sound like something that would really matter that much. I mean, it, it just really depends. I mean, this whole system, like right now, especially with the coronavirus and all this, um, it's it's really just a matter of just uh, adapting to it. Everything will just align perfectly, I think. Yeah, it just they want the game to be shortened down, which is you can see in the new rules that they did. In extra innings, a runner, the runner who made the last out, will appear on second base to begin the extra innings. That's a new rule to try to not like have games go four or five hours, a couple two and a half, three and a half hours. So, but also when games are cut short because of rain. They won't restart. So usually, like, if they're before the fifth inning, they'll restart the whole game. Now they're not going to restart. They're going to go right from where it left off and continue there. So I think that's, I that's good, too. And then yeah. a new rule that was implemented this season was three batter minimum for pitchers. So usually when pitchers would come in, they could face one batter if it's lefty-lefty and then get out of the game. But now you're required to pitch to at least three batters. So that's going to be interesting. There's a lot of strategic right there that the, that the coaches and managers have to adjust to. I see. And how are they doing? How are they going to work with all these players dropping out now? Are they going to replace those players with players from the farm team? Yeah, from the farm team. And so to start off the season, they're starting with 30 players, which is is more than the normal. So they're starting out with 30 players. And then every two weeks, they're cutting two extra players. So after two weeks into the season, they'll cut two players and then another two players after that. So they'll have 26 players by the end of the month. And that is the normal 26 players, I believe. So they're just trying to get back, have enough players if they drop out or get the virus and all that. Right. You know, that gives opportunities to those players, too, that really don't see the 
Oh yeah, they don't. That often, yeah, right? exactly. They step up to the big leagues, and who knows what can happen there. Right. Now let's get to some player dropouts, as you mentioned. So I'll just give a quick list of some of the player dropouts. We have starting pitcher Mike Leak from the Diamondbacks, first baseman Ryan Zimmerman from the Nationals, starting pitcher Joe Ross from the Nationals, and his brother Tyson Ross from the Giants, Ian Desmond of the Rockies, David Price of the Dodgers, Felix Hernandez of the Braves, Nick Markakis, your guy from the Braves, Buster Posey from the Giants, Mike Kopech, and Jordan Hicks, two flamethrowers from the White Sox and the Cardinals, will not be playing this year. Out of the list I just gave you, Kostas, which one of these players is the biggest loss to their team? Well, there's actually a couple. I mean, one disappointing, obviously, is for uh, those Chicago White Sox fans and uh, Mike Kopech, just because, you know, they were excited to see him play, and he had the injury, and he decided to just opt out of the season. And I'm sure a lot of White Sox fans are kind of disappointed about that. Um, I'd also say maybe Nick Markakis and Felix Fernandez, man. I mean, I had, like, high expectations for the Braves this year. And I'm just interested to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Going back to that Michael Pack, I mean, this guy throws heat. He throws over 100 miles per hour each pitch. I think one day in a White Sox training camp or something, he threw 110. So he's a flamethrower that the White Sox right. will be missing out this year. But going back to Nick Markakis, I think this is a big loss for them. I mean, he did hit 285 last year with nine home runs and 62 RBIs. And he was hurt last year, too. But he's a good player, a good veteran, who, when it comes time to hit, he hits. He's a great fielder. And I think this is also a big loss for them. But I have to go with uh, starting pitcher David Ross, starting pitcher David Price, my bad, from the Dodgers. I know he struggled last year where he threw a 4-2-8 ERA with 7-5. But don't forget, this guy's a Cy Young pitcher, a five-time All-Star. And in Cy Young season, he won 20 games. So if he can get back to the normal and be like he was a couple years ago, he's one of the best pitchers in the game. I think this is a big loss for them after the trade this offseason. So I think they're going to miss him a little bit. But for sure, none of these players on this list are superstars or all-stars. I mean, you could say Buster Posey. But Buster Posey is getting a little old now. Felix Hernandez is old. Ryan Zimmerman's old. Like They're all up there. There's no, like, superstars that are opting out. But – Obviously, some of these players are great role players, and they're going to be missed. That's for sure. Sir. We will now welcome in Division One pitcher from Creighton, Paul Bergstrom. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, guys. Appreciate you guys having me. And no uh, problem. Hey, no problem. Thank you for joining us. All right, Paul, we're going to start with you. We're going to start with you here. One team that will win the division but is not favored to. So the teams that are favored are the Yankees, the Twins, the Astros, the Braves, the Cubs, and the Dodgers. So which one of those teams are not going to win the division? Well, I it hurts me to say this, but um, I'm I've always been a Cubs fan from the you know northwest side of Chicago. Um, but I, I I think the White Sox might win it. Oh wow! I, I think they might win the AL Central wow. over the Twins. And why is that? What why do you think that they have what it takes to beat the Twins or even the Indians? Well, just the last two days against the Cubs, they've. They've just been – I mean, I know these are exhibition yeah. games, but there's a definitely a different feel to them. Um, these teams are, you know, showing kind of what they will what they might look like uh, in the season, and we normally don't see that in, in regular spring training games. Um, but just up and down the line, they have a new lineup, and there's a lot of power there. Um, these guys, they get on base and get around, and, you know, the last two nights they've showed they can really score runs and they can back it up with the pitching. So I think the White Sox might surprise a lot of people as much as it hurts me to say that. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not much of a White Sox fan either, but if you look at their lineup, Tim Anderson's on the rise. 
Yoan Mankata, he's on the rise. Jose Abreu, you know, is a great hitter. They got Edwin Giolito. Uh, they got Dallas Keuchel this year, who's a phenomenal pitcher. Edwin Encarnacion. Eloy Jimenez, who hit the Grand Slam last night against the Cubs. I mean, this team does have potential. And I can see where you're coming from, Paul, but I don't think they're there yet. I think give them two years, they might make the playoffs, but... I, well, think... I don't know, man. I had the same thing. I don't know, Joey. You're the White be, Sox? You might be sur- yeah, you might be surprised, man. They're too young for me. I don't know, man. I don't I don't, I don't know. I, I, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. I think they'll finish 500 this year. So I think they'll finish 30 and 30. But they're not there yet. I think they need they a couple good, more years. Man. I know. I they know they do. Last night. I know they do. But I think they need a couple – two years to, to get to potential and make a playoffs. But – I don't know. These are also exhibition games, so I don't know if players are going 100%, but we'll see if you, if you guys are right with that. I went with the Philadelphia Phillies, who went 81-81 last year. I don't know. I like Bryce Harper, as simple as that. He's a 2015 yeah, MVP, and I think they gave him too much money, $330 million a couple years ago. But if you look at their games last year, in the first 60 games last year, they went 33-27. and 27. They started 3-0 and and then 10-7. and 7. So this team, if they put together a good start, I can see them getting that, that postseason spot, either winning the division. I think they could win the division or even make a wild card spot. They got Aaron Nola, who's a great pitcher. Jake Arrieta, who a couple years ago in 2016 won the Cy Young, as you remember, Paul. And they have Zach Wheeler, who they got from the Mets, who won 11, who went 11 and 8, 396 last year with 195 strikeouts. I think this team has potential, and I think they do win the division this year, especially that the Atlanta Braves have a tough start to the schedule. 28 of their 34 games to start the season are against the Mets and Jacob DeGrom, the Rays and Blake Snell, the Phillies with Aaron Nola, the Yankees with Garrett Cole, the Nationals with Scherzer and Strasburg. They play a ton of great teams, and a slow start for the Braves could mean the Phillies could be on top. I could definitely see that. And to go up against you guys, I think if anyone has a chance to win the AL Central, it's going to be the Indians. I know they lost Corey Cooper, and that's a big loss because they're two-time Cy Young. But don't forget, they got one of the best shortstops in the game in Francisco Lindor, and they got power hitters in Carlos Santana. But don't forget about Shane Bieber, guys. He went 15-8 and last year with a 3 2 he was fourth in Cy Young, and he had three complete games and two shutouts, which was both second, which was both best in the major leagues. So watch out for the Indians this year. Now let's get to the one bold prediction. Kostas, we'll start with you. What is your one bold prediction from this 2020 MLB season? I don't want to sound – I mean, I was thinking about this, and I don't want to sound like obviously I'm from Chicago and all that, but uh... – I, I don't believe the Cubs are going to be playoff contenders. Wow. I don't I don't know. I just I I don't know. I don't know. Paul, can you it's, defend me on this one? Cuz the Cubs um, the Cubs are making the playoffs and you know it. I don't know. They're going to be fighting for that last spot. That's what I have a feeling of. I don't know. I think that they obviously have the talent. I think a, a lot of things will look a little bit different just with this, you know, 60 game sprint. It's it's going to how the effects on how each team deals with it will be pretty interesting. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of up in the air. Some of those bubble teams are kind of up in the air. It's just how they, they, they manage those 60 games almost all in a row. Yeah, it's, it's all about the start. You need to get off to a hot start. If you go in a 1-7, and 1-8 hole, you're, you're, it's going to be difficult to come out of that and make the playoffs. 
I know that division's tough in the NL Central. It is, but that's what that's what makes it like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. NL Central is is very tough. It's a very and, tough division. And the, the Cards and the Brewers are not going to hold back. All right, so if the Cubs aren't going to make the playoffs or win the division, who do you have winning the winning the division then? I have the Cardinals winning the division. Cardinals. Yeah, but I I think the Cardinals lost too many pieces. They, Marcelo Zuna is a big piece that they lost, and Jordan Hicks is going to hurt him. He was their closer last year before he got injured. I think if anyone's going to win this division, it, it is going to be the Cardinals because the Brewers lost Esmani Grandal and they lost Mike Moustakis. They still have Christian right. Yelich, but their pitching's not the greatest. So if anyone, and I know the Reds are on the rise with, with all the great players they got this year, but I think the Cardinals are the Cubs' biggest competition, but I think the Cubs do win. Paul, what's your one bold prediction for the season? Um, I don't know if you call this a bold prediction, but I think it'll be interesting. Like I said, with this, you know, only 60 games, we'll see more guys hitting over 400, which doesn't happen. Uh, Cy Young winners having, you know, single-digit wins. Um, you know, the best shortstops in the game not committing a single error all season. So just from a statistics standpoint, I think we'll see some some crazy stats that – We've never seen before, just with, you know, a shorter season. Yeah, like these pitchers are only going to pitch maybe 10 times, maybe 11, 12. If they can win five or six games, they might be with like a two ERA, they might be considered like Cy Young. So that's really interesting. The 402, it could happen. It's all about the starts and how these players come out of the gate. That's what it all comes down to. Exactly. My one bull prediction the Dodgers win close to 50 games this year. They're going to go 47 and 13. That's that's bold. That is bold. Almost winning 50 games. But I have them going 47 and 13. If you look at their last 60 games last year, they won 41. They lost 19. So they're on that same track. They did lose Jin Ru, who went to Toronto, who's one of their great pitchers, and Rich Hill to Minnesota. But they do get back Alex Wood, who went 16 and 3. With a 272 in 2017 in LA with the Dodgers. You guys can't forget that they're two great pitchers with Clayton Kershaw and Walker Bueller. Those are great pitchers, and they're both in the top 10 for me. This team's unstoppable. Do you guys think that they can win almost 50 games this year? Yeah, that's that's pretty possible, especially if Kershaw has an insane season. I mean, obviously, like we said, it's shortened season. All he's got to do is pitch a couple games and Hope that his uh all the other pitchers have really good games, and you better hope that everyone's uh hitting the ball pretty well. Exactly, Paul. Do you think that this team could go fifty and ten this year, or forty-seven, something around there? Um, I do. I think their pitching is deep enough. Um, where you know even a, a rough start can be made up and through the bullpen. Um, and I think pitching is going to be a big part of this season with the turnaround being so fast every, every pretty much every week. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a unrealistic prediction. Yeah, I really I think, think it's they possible. Have a good, good squad, yeah. Especially not – It hurts without David Price. Oh, yeah, of course. But we can't forget how they added Mookie Betts, one of the best outfielders yep. in the game. MVP – MVP a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger might be the greatest duo outfielders in the MLB right now. Like, MVP Cody Bellinger last year was unstoppable. He had a 9.2 war, which is wins above replacement, so which was the best in the major leagues. He went 47 home runs, 115 RBIs. And Mookie Betts, who was amazing last year and went 29 home runs for 80 RBIs and 135 runs, which is best in the AL. He gets on base, 
And it's going to look like Cody Bellinger is going to bring him in. So I think this team could win close to 50 games this year. And I do think they go into the World Series because they're just way better than all the rest of the NL teams. Will they win the World Series, though? I don't know. It's too early to tell for me. But I a lot of people have Dodgers and Yankees, but that seems like a realistic World Series for me. Yeah. All right. Now coming from pitchers. Paul, you're a pitcher at Crayon. Who are your top three pitchers in the major league right now? Um, are we talking only starting pitchers? Yeah. Um, only No. If you want to re- do like a relief pitcher, you can do a relief pitcher. Okay. So I'm going to go with, with number three. Yeah. Start with number three. Okay. Number three starting pitcher, Walker Bueller. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. I have him at seven, Walker Bueller. Uh, my third is Jacob DeGrom. I know he went back-to-back Cy Youngs. He doesn't get much run support, but he's too young. You have to compare him to some of the elite who are my one and two. Kostas, who's your third? Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander, yeah. He won Cy Young last year, so great pitcher. And you can't go wrong with Justin Verlander, Jacob DeGrom, or Walker Buehler. They're both great pitchers. Number two, Paul? Uh, this is in between for number two and number one, but I'm going to go with – Max Scherzer. That's exactly what I have. You can't go wrong with Max Scherzer. Three-time Cy Young, seven-time All-Star. He had a 2.92 ERA last year, and his strikeouts per nine inning is 12.7, which has led the NL last year. Kostas, who's your second? Uh, Joe, I have your third, so I have the two-time uh, Cy, back Cy, uh, Young. Cy Young winner. Jacob yep. DeGrom. Jacob DeBrom, yep. Yeah, you can't go wrong with him. I mean, in 170 starts for him. He's allowed one or zero runs, one or zero runs, oh, 79 times. All right, Paul, let's get down to it. Number one, who is your number one best pitcher in the game right now? Yeah, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody. We'll see how he does when he's clean cut, clean shaven with the Yankees, but Garrett Cole. That's exactly what I have. Number one, Garrett Cole. He went 20-5 and five last year with a 2-5 year array, which led the AL, and he had 326 strikeouts with lead the MLB. Paul, I have a question. Why didn't Garrett Cole win Cy Young last year over Justin Verlander? That's that's a good question. I um I, I just think it's it's kind of about he finished they I guess they both finished very well. I mean I think it could have gone either way. Yeah, it, it maybe with the slow start for Garrett Cole because he was four and five at one point and then finished twenty and five. He won yeah he was no decision or won like seventeen straight of his decision so maybe it's because Justin Verlander he stayed with his team he was consistent all year and he led the MLB in whip which is walks plus hits per inning at 0.8 great number and we'll see this year with Garrett Cole so our one and two Paul Garrett Cole Max Scherzer that's a nice matchup opening night Yankees Nationals which we'll get to later but Kostas who's your number one uh I mean you guys already said him but Matt Scherzer you can't go wrong with him. You cannot go wrong with him. Great pitcher, phenomenal pitcher. Interesting. A lot of people rank Clayton Kershaw very low, but I have Clayton Kershaw at four. And I think Clayton Kershaw has an opportunity this year with 60 games, 12 or so starts, to win Cy Young this year. I really do. Yep. yep. All right. To end our segment, opening night is tomorrow. Who's going to win? Yankees at Nationals. Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. Paul, you're up first. Yeah, that's what makes this tough is just two seasoned guys. Um, but I'm going to go with the Yankees. 
I mean, the Yankees are just too good. I We'll yep. see if Aaron Judge plays with the broken ribs. I mean, the Nationals lost Anthony Rendon, great third baseman. But we'll see. Costas, who do you got? The Yankees. I almost went with the Nationals. I almost went. But looking at their lineup, the Yankees are just better. Garrett Cole. Yeah, Cespedes is going to make a big impact over there. Exactly. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. I think 3-1, 2-1, Yankees do win. I don't think the Nationals are going to be good this year. Not, I shouldn't say not good. They'll be average. They're not going to win the division. They're not going to get second. They may get third. The loss of Anthony Rendon is going to be huge. Their bullpen is not good. It struggled last year. They still won the World Series, but they're going to struggle again. They didn't really get any major pieces in the bullpen, so I think they're going to struggle this year. So this will end our sixth episode here today. A special thank you to Paul Berksham for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. It's no problem. Great having Thanks you. For having me. Good luck on your season next year in March, and hopefully we will see you one day in the big leagues. All right. Sounds <laughs> good, guys. Come back next week where we give our predictions for the NBA teams and who will who will fight who will for face off in the NBA finals. We're flying in sports and we'll catch you on the next flight.